are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to your favorite day of the week. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Adam Mattis. Adam, I have found yet another pet peeve. Okay. I'm... I. I, I'm not anti-mask by any stretch of the imagination whatsoever. Wow, this, we're but, off to a tough, tough start. Tough start, okay. But the way that coaches are using their masks is is offensive. They're worn backwards. They're worn at the, uh, under their chin. They pull them when they're talking to their players, which is like the whole point of wearing the mask in the first place. Like, right? Like, we got to stop this farce. Either they're, actually, actually force these coaches to wear their mask the proper way, or and or find them. You know, if, if yeah. they are. Or, or like, just say, guys, they're standing far enough apart. We we might need to get the blowhorn for these coaches, though, because a mask, you know, it does, it does like reduce the volume for which you can scream. And then yeah. an NBA arena with the music blasting, <laughs> even though nobody's there, the music is like insanely loud in these arenas. Like they can't hear him. So I sympathize with the coaches. You know what? We need to give them a bullhorn so they can scream out things like a, you know, like a cheerleader coach. I also felt bad for Jokic watching him put on his mask today on the bench because he's a mouth breather and there's <laughs> no way your, your, your breath smells good playing a basketball game. There's just no way. Yeah, that is interesting. I haven't, I haven't tried that out, but we got, we got some games tonight. We got we some nuggets. I can't wait to talk some nuggets and then our power ranking. I'm excited. Yeah, we have a great show lined up for you guys. So the first segment we are going to take you guys through uh, the first handful of games uh, from, from the night. We're going to spend a little extra time on Warriors Nuggets, so that'll either be at the end of the first segment or the beginning of the second. In that second segment, we are going to uh, look at the standings and teams that have the same record. We're going to ask you guys, or, or, or we're going to ask each other, who we believe in the most there. Uh, so that'll be in the second segment. And then finally, in the, in the third segment, we are going to give this week's power rankings, which is going to be more of the the typical kind of power rankings that you usually get uh, Adam is, is going to compile those and, and I'm going to react to them. All I'm saying, Adam, is that if the Lakers aren't on top, then like I'm walking off the set. This is not power rankings is not the traditional one. You forgot we're doing best isolation players in oh, honor right, of James right, Harden right, being right. traded to the Brooklyn Nets. We're going to be, I was just excited. So that's, that's why you wanted to do a different categories. Cause the Lakers were going to be at the top of the power rankings. Well, I don't think they would be in the top, but you know, we'll never know. We'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So let's go ahead and start with these games though. Uh, Philadelphia beats Miami for the second night in a row, but this time a lot more, uh, you know, convincingly 125 to 108. This is the first game that Philly is playing after the James Harden trade. And, and you know what, to me, it, it does feel like one of those games where everybody kind of rallies around each other. They recognize this is the team that we're probably going to have moving forward. Let's go out and take care of business. And they did. I mean, I think there's probably a little bit of that. Anytime a player of, of Ben Simmons's profile is finds himself in trade rumors and they had that entire sort of thing hanging over the head. Not that it stopped, slowed them down. They were eight and four going into this game. Yeah, they were very good anyway. Um, but I do think there's got to be some kind of relief there. Ben Simmons tonight, you know, does go out and get 10 points, 10 rebounds, 12 assists. The Ben Simmons special, the Ben Simmons triple double. 
the rondo the rondo triple double the, the rondo triple double but you know this i think the story of this game is just that uh, you know the philadelphia 76ers just hammering the miami heat this game was not very competitive joel Embiid only plays 24 minutes and then my one note for them shake milton tonight gets 31 points on 11 of 15 shooting he does go three of four from the three-point line i think he's shooting like 25 percent on the season for the three-point line but he gets three of them to drop tonight to go along with seven assists and a team high plus 24 so getting contributions from the others in Philadelphia this season, that's one of the huge differences between last year. Danny Green has hit 13 threes over his last two games. That's pretty bananas. And how about and how about uh, Maxi Tyrese Maxi? Man, that guy's uh, started to come along a little bit. He had 15 points tonight, so he's found a he's earned some rotation minutes. Yep. All right. So the next game on my radar here is Toronto beating the Charlotte Hornets 111 to 108. At some point, Toronto either they're just going to be bad this year or they have to start compiling wins. And this was, I'm not going to say must win or anything like that, but this is the kind of team that Toronto has to start beating if they're going to get back into into relevance, really. Toronto hasn't been terrible. That's the thing about it, is that their record yeah. has been terrible, but they haven't been a terrible team. Um, just a minus one point differential. I mean, they've yeah. been in a lot of very close games. I think that they have the pedigree to sort of turn this around. Um, tonight, they get a kind of a classic um you know night where you get a lot of balanced scoring out of your starters siakam ananobi lowry van fleet i'll give you double figure scoring um and then Chris you Boucher. know he you know what, what do you know 25 points 10 rebounds out of him tonight so um he's been a spark for them and then the, on the other side if you go over to the charlotte hornets you know i know he's been we, we spend a lot of time on rookies and these guys get hype but i gotta tell you man i like Lamelo ball I love yeah. passer. And he had seven assists today in like six minutes of play in the first. Day. I can't remember. I think it might have been seven minutes with 11 assists or, or seven assists, <laughs> but 14 points, six rebounds, 11 assists, three steals, one block, just a little bit of everything. I mean, he was a minus four. His impact and stuff still is a rookie. There's still a lot he can't do, but in, you know, just 11 games, what are we, 13 games into his career, man? That guy's a lot of fun. And I'm, I'm rooting for him to, to really figure it out over the coming years because I want him to be good. A wing with that passing ability almost never completely fails in the NBA. Yeah. He's not like, even like a wing. Like he's really just, he's I mean, he's like, dude. Like, he's like he's a like, big guard. He's like six, five, six, six. Like he's, I think he's taller. Yeah. Yeah. Six, yeah. seven. So, so, so I mean like, you know, six, seven, somebody yeah. that height who can also pass the way that he can almost never fails. And <laughs> people jumping to conclusions three games into his career yeah. is, is always crazy. stupid. Uh, a couple more games here. So you have uh, the first TNT game, mm. Houston uh, in their first game without James Harden yeah. uh, in the, the first game of the Christian Wood era of Houston Rockets basketball beat the San Antonio Spurs 109 to 105. Wood goes off 25 points, 15 rebounds, uh, five of seven from three point range and, and called Shaq a casual after the game shouts to Christian <laughs> Wood. I'm going to go buy a Jersey. That was incredible. It was incredible. I like it. I like a little pushback, but you're right. 27 points, 15 rebounds. He goes 10 of 18 and five of seven from the three point line. That's what makes him so interesting. He's like Kenneth freed with a three point shot and a little bit taller, you know, just this guy that can roll to the rim, can grab the boards, uh, you know, athletic good hands and then that three-point shot that doesn't always look pretty but it's good you also get jay sean tate i mean this was cool this was a cool game and after the game coach silas talked about you know 
<laughs> he, he's big on sort of like just the chemistry and the in the spirit of the team and the, the spirit of the team for obvious reasons just couldn't be great over this last couple of these first couple of weeks but you get a little bit of clarity James Harden's gone that cloud gets removed and now and I and I feel happy first of all for coach Scott Silas but also for guys like Wood and Tate and some of these other guys getting an opportunity to sort of showcase themselves and they did that tonight yeah I I I'm really looking forward to, I hope they don't go immediately into like complete fire sale in Houston. I want to see what Victor Oladipo looks like there. And, and I want to see what, what the pieces mm. with, with John Wall and with DeMarcus Cousins and with, with Wood and with Tucker. I think I was, I was watching this game and, and even without all of those guys, Eric Gordon also didn't play. Like this felt like kind of a playing game. Like this feels like a game that we might see later in the year with with some playoff implications uh, attached to it. So, Oladipo, so by the way, could still. I think people, Kevin O'Connor, with the Ringer reporting that he yeah. still prefers to be in Miami. So I don't, you know, maybe he ends up being a piece there. I don't. I don't necessarily know. It doesn't feel like it. I do want to quickly just go to the other side, watching the Spurs game because I haven't watched a lot of Spurs to be perfectly honest with you so far this season. Mm-hmm. But like getting to see Keldon Johnson, twelve of sixteen tonight, twenty nine points. You know he he was impressive and then DeJounte Murray uh Lonnie Walker it's just it's interesting seeing this new wave of Spurs players Aldridge and DeRozan like kind of quiet on on this team and I don't know if that's indicative of how they've been this year but it really feels more like the next wave of Spurs players more than it does the the you know Aldridge and DeRozan you know they almost feel like they're just on the last legs there yeah it's mostly because Aldridge especially didn't play against the Lakers when when those Spurs played the Lakers earlier this year um, but I, on multiple occasions tonight watching that game, I was like, oh, the Marcus Aldridge is still on this team. How about that? <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, yeah. Last one here. I, it looks like we're going to have to push Warriors Nuggets into the second segment. Fantastic. Last game, last game on our docket here before we move to that, though, uh, the Indiana Pacers knock off the Portland Trailblazers 111 to 87. Big news coming out of this one, unfortunately, is Yusuf Nurkic uh, breaks that right wrist, and and that's a real bummer, man. Like to come back from the first, in, you know, the leg injury, uh, to mm-hmm. work his way back to that, and and then now have this, and 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 the the real tough thing when you break your your wrist, especially your shooting wrist, is there's like aside from cardio, not very much you can do uh, to to keep yourself in 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 game form maybe not game shape but game form yeah i mean he's going to be out for a while um and they were already down collins so i think nurkic probably going to return before collins even still but um mm-hmm. just to kind of show you the, the the time frame we're hearing there but this is tough i mean for, fortunately for portland they've gotten off to the seven dropping this game are still at seven and five on the season so a lot of teams have you look at the standings everybody's kind of bunched up they have at least like a one game lead on a bunch of teams out west so at least they have that but it is hard to look at this team and and, and say like okay we're gonna get canter a lot more minutes which i think is actually fine you know one of the problems that has happened with this trailblazers team in my opinion is that canter and carmelo anthony having to play so many minutes together they've gotten mm-hmm. a little bit better that over time at staggering them because i don't think you can have a front court that features those two players but now canter moving into a starting role i think he's i don't know that that portland's going to be very good defensively you know starters bench whatever but at least that that's a a very potent offensive option and somebody that they have familiarity with so um it'll be interesting to see how portland sort of weathers this the story of this game though was a 33 to 10 second quarter uh for for the indiana pacers and i gotta say the pacers flying under the radar eight and four and Mm -hmm. I have to give a shout out to DeMontis Sabonis, who 
I, th- I don't think people quite he's realize really, really good. what he's been doing so far this season. Tonight, he goes for 23, 15, and 5 to go along with two steals and on 10 of 8 shooting. And you know what? Eh, just another day at the office for him. That's not really that <laughs> much of an outlier for him. Uh, if you kind of look what he's been doing, putting up double figures, um, you know, and just kind of regularly being a, a triple-double threat on the season. So I'm trying to find his averages here for the season. 22 points, 13 rebounds, 12.8 rebounds, 5.8 assists. Those are almost Jokic numbers. Those are He's, he's having a heck of a season. And then Miles Turner as well. Um, you know, those guys have really found a way to make it work. When Indiana puts the clamps down, they're one of the best defenses in the NBA. It's like bar none. They did it to the Warriors the last night or the night before where I was watching where uh, it was like a, it was a tied game and the Warriors couldn't get even a decent shot off. You know, yeah. poor, there wasn't anybody who can get a decent look off. And, and when you give up only 10 points, regardless of the situation to a professional basketball team, you're, you're, you're defending your butts off. And that was, that was, an incredible performance from a team like you're saying is just flying completely under the radar, which kind of, by the way, feels like how they want it. Like this is, I don't, I don't know that these teams, this is what we always say about small market teams. Like, you know, I feel like they want to be under the radar. No, no, man. These guys have earned it. They've earned a little live, a little shy. And I want to give it to them. I think we're going to talk about this a little bit later. I, I, think, I don't but, mean, I don't mean from us. I just mean like in, in, in the sense of like, you know, Brooklyn yeah. makes this big splash for Harden and all these things. And in the end, it just kind of plugs away, does their thing. And, and keeps taking care of business. I, I'm gonna be really look at it. I'm gonna be really curious to see how Levert changes them. Like, because that's yeah. a big, that's another big piece. And you talk about mm-hmm. losing TJ Warren this year. I think you get a lot of what Warren brought to the table, um, brought back to you. So, uh, I'm curious for that. I'm buying. Like, I'll buy everybody's Indiana Pacer stock. I'm buying them. I think they're a good team. I'm not saying they're a favorite. There's teams out east that have a little bit more top heavy talent, but you know what? They're not gonna be this like you know, the rollover team that doesn't have the superstar so they can't compete. Nope. Whoever they're, they're going to be a force, I think all year with a chance to really turn into something special. Hmm. I'm not sure who's who bought Indiana stock in the first place. And then of those people would be selling stock right now, but and- <laughs> I think I'm just buying it. You know, it's just, it's just there. It's just there. Nobody had, I found it. I found the stock and I'm keeping it. Are the Pacers, the NBA's Bitcoin, my column. All right, let's, <laughs> let's take a quick second here. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Adams Nuggets beating the Golden State Warriors. And then uh, this fun little game that, that we devised about uh, teams with the same record. So hang tight. We'll come back to that here in a bit. Today's show is brought to you in part by betonline.ag. Use your promo code LOCKEDON to get a 50% deposit bonus uh, whenever you first deposit your money into the website. And look, we are heading into a fantastic weekend of football ahead of us with the NFL. You have four games to be able to wager on there. I may or may not have done so already. Uh, You have some really good basketball ahead of you. Uh, You have the Lakers taking on the Pelicans uh, Friday night or tomorrow night uh, with, with Zion active for that one. So keep an eye out for those, uh, for those, uh, spreads and and by the way, the one thing that you know about Bet Online is that they get those spreads up faster than anybody. They are accurate. They uh, react faster than any other in the market, and and you know that when you put your money down, you are going to be getting an accurate read on on the game as it currently stands. Uh, so again, head on over to BetOnline.ag. Use that promo code Locked On for a fifty percent deposit bonus. Uh, and if you do partake in these kind of things, please do so responsibly. 
All right, Adam. So I was watching this game and and I found myself kind of sad. I, I I'm really sad about this this Warriors team. It's such a sad roster. Wiggins is terrible. Ubre is not playing up to his level. Draymond won't even look at the rim anymore. Wiseman will have the occasional dunk. And 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 you just find Steph like just dribbling around, going behind the back 33 times of possession, hoping that he can step back on somebody and shoot a three-pointer. Um, and all that, I don't mean to say to take away from, from how good Denver looked at times during that game. Yes, you do. I, 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 I just sad about this Warriors team. They'd been so good for so long and, and, and borderline revolutionary and, and oh, they just exist now. Well, before I smack that comment all the way to the moon, I want to tell you about locked on bets with your boy Q and handicapped expert Lee Sterling, who you forgot. We have to, we, we put our little plug in here. They have a great 10 minute show. That's one of the top, it's like top hundred sports podcasts in all of the world right now. It's a brand new show on our network. So check that out. Um, Sad. You don't feel sad for the golden state. That was your way of kind of getting a nice little shot in there. That was like a, a faux pity because you want to know that they deserve pity, but I kind of have to agree with you because watching the Steph Curry tonight, like <laughs> Steph Curry is really like in a lot of ways at the height of his powers. I mean, honestly, I have this thing and we could talk about this maybe a little bit later with KD. These, we have to readjust our brains for what mm. aging is because 31 years old, that's like 26, 15 years ago. Steph Curry's not old. Kevin Durant's not old and hurt and injured. Like those guys are like in the middle of their prime. This is my this is my hot take. Okay, and watching Steph Curry tonight and really all season long, he's given me some of the, my favorite performances of the season. And tonight yeah. kind of counts along that. He was fantastic tonight. It didn't mm-hmm. matter. Like it wasn't. It really wasn't. It, it the game ends up 114-104, 10 point game. The spread I think was four and a half on uh, sportsbetting.ag. But you look at this game and you think, okay, Steph Curry goes five of eleven from the three point line. He goes fourteen of twenty three overall. He gets thirty five points, and he's a minus twenty one. This was a game that just whenever the ball swung to him, it was going in. Whenever it swung to literally any other player, it was not. And it's just <laughs> it does make you think of. What could this team have done if it was Draymond, Steph, and Clay, and then you know Wiggins and a bunch of other the, these other pieces? Like maybe those guys could elevate those those three, but when you only have two of them, I'm sorry, man, they played great, but this didn't matter. Draymond, you don't even have to pay attention to him on on when he has when he's on offense. He doesn't look at the basket. He had seven assists tonight, but you are right that he really wasn't looking for his shot. Um, you know, but it keeps them honest defensively. I mean, Denver, a fantastic offensive team, and they had to work for their points tonight. Thanks to the yeah. brilliance of Nikola Jokic, 23 points, 14 rebounds, 10 assists, his fifth triple double, Anthony, he's averaging a triple double. Jokic is leading the NBA in field goal percentage, leading the NBA in assists. And he has leading the NBA in triple doubles with five triple doubles. This guy's playing out of his mind right now. He had a bad shooting night tonight, Anthony, his second worst of the season. He went eight of 16. Shot fifty percent. <laughs> really off I've, night for him. I've always, I've always thought to myself when I watch basketball that Nikola Jokic and Russell Westbrook basically could get the same stat line anytime they wanted. It, they it's looked so, identical. <laughs> same, same approaches to the sport. It's so Everything funny. about it. The one, the one note though from Denver's perspective, and obviously I'm closest to this team. It's the team that I cover. A couple things. Number one, Jamichael Green has fit in really nicely oh with, with that I lineup. To talk to you about him. Yeah. And after the game, listen to this. After the game, Jokic was asked about it. He's played with Jamichael Green now because Green, I think, missed the first four games. So he's he's played with Jokic now for, I think, eight total games. 
Jokic says, I hope I play with him for the rest of my life. <laughs> Talk about a strong endorsement from a great player. Yeah. Then you go to J. Michael Green and you ask him about it. He says he's one of the three best players I've ever played with in my life. You can go through the list of players. He's played with some great ones. You know, he mm-hmm. came up with the Spurs, you know, in the Tim Duncan era. He he was with Mark Gasol in, in Memphis. He was obviously with the Clippers last year with Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. Throw one of those out. One of them is behind Jokic in his ranking. Um, at least one of them, if not more. So uh i jamichael green has really been a bright spot they lost jeremy grant but they found a guy that i think is going to be a piece for them for a long time every time i watch jamichael green play i walk away from it like this dude and he played 28 minutes in this one you know they're they're somewhat shorthanded right they don't have mpj uh and and so you know as a result he played 28 minutes but every time i watch him play i say like this guy should be playing more. He should be a bigger part of the rotation. Whatever rotation he's in, he should always be a bigger part of it. He just quietly goes about his business, uh, shot three or four from three-point range. Yeah. He's reached that. He's one of the few NBA players, and this is one of the more random ones of, of my lifetime, that when he shoots a three-pointer and he misses, because he's usually so wide open, I'm kind of surprised that he yeah. misses. He he's, knows he's, he's his, fantastic. He knows his role. I'll, I'll tell you what he so valuable 52% from three this season on four and a half attempts like that. Not a small sample size of attempts and to be 52%, you know, eight games into the season. I know it's not a, the biggest sample size, but it does just kind of show you how nicely he's fit in. And in particular, just he's playing half his minutes with the bench, half his minutes with the starters alongside Jokic. And it just seems like he fits with both. So I'm a big, big Jamichael Green fan over here. Big, big fan. And then, you know, the other thing that I wanted to ask you about, so kind of more on the negative side of things, Jamal Murray goes one of eight from three-point range, six yeah. of 18 from the field, and and everybody's just kind of waiting for him to show what he showed in the bubble. Is, is there anything that you've noticed mm-hmm. watching as up close as you have that, that would lend itself to his shooting struggles so far? Yeah, he's not healthy. I mean, he, they've talked about it a little bit as a team. He's had some kind of elbow issue going on with him because tonight he's – a 90% free throw shooter and throughout his career, one of the best in the NBA every single season. And tonight he goes to, I think four of six misses two of them. He's missed free throws. And, and I don't know more than half of the games he's missed a free throw in. So he just, I, I thought he played well tonight. He just didn't shoot the ball. One of eight from the three point line, as you mentioned, and just, it's just his shot. So I think unfortunately for him, just a little banged up. And when Michael Porter jr. Returns, I wouldn't be surprised if Murray sat out a game or two. Yeah, I, I never felt like he was playing poorly. It's just, you know. You, no, it's the shot. Yeah. It's been a it's long, been it's been kind of a, a trend to, to the start of the season. All right, let's sure. go ahead and jump segue awkwardly, unless you had any more thoughts on Warriors Nuggets. Nope, that's it. That's good stuff. All right, let's go ahead and jump uh, and segue over to this game that we're going to play. So, so far this year, you have the Lakers of Los Angeles uh, out in front. Yeah, it makes They're- no sense, but go ahead. <laughs> It, I mean, it's kind of crazy given the fact that they were sleepwalking through the first like couple weeks of their year, but yeah, sure. Um, 10 and three sit the Lakers. After that, you have Boston at seven and three because they've had a, a few postponements. Yeah, this is really weird. Uh, and then uh, you have Philly at nine and four, Clippers, Bucks, and Pacers all sit at eight and four. Between those three teams, Adam, who are you buying the most? All right, so you kind of confused me there we're talking bucks clippers and pacers yeah yeah i was just kind of going through the standings as i see them in front of um well i think as much as i love the pacers i'm buying the pacers in the regular season i think they're going to be a fantastic regular season team i think karis liver makes them good in a playoff series i would still take both the clippers and the bucks over them and look 
the Pacers are like the Nuggets of the East. So for me doing this is kind of, it's like kind of <laughs> ironic because the Nuggets just beat the Clippers when nobody counted on them. Um, but I still think that some of that top heavy talent matters just a little bit more. But the number one team between those three is the Milwaukee Bucks to me. I mean, they're, um, you know, seven and three over their last 10. They still have that plus 11.4 differential, which would be number one in the NBA. They have the number one offense in the NBA. Um, to me, it's easily them. They might be the number one team in the NBA, probably number two because you got to put the lakers ahead of them but in that group i'm taking milwaukee who are you taking? i think you're un- i think you're underselling Jokic when you compare them to the pacers like when you when you compare the pacers to the nuggets the pacers don't have anybody on their team as good as Jokic. no matter they, how they might have this season they might have better uh, well last year jamal murray just went to such other level so underselling jamal murray as well but you're, you're right I, I, there's no question Jokic is the best player between those two teams all right, and then between the Clippers and Bucks, I still have to say, oof, man, man, you're asking me to choose between two playoff frauds. I don't really know what to do here. You're the worst. I'll tell you what, the <laughs> Clippers right now, I know that they've had guys out of the lineup and this or that, but they have a plus 1.4 point yeah, differential, which great. would not great at all. It's almost like league average. So, um, yeah. And then the Bucks, of course, the best one of them in the league. Yeah, I, I think I think I mean at the end of the day, I believed in the Bucks a lot heading into the season. They upgraded it at the Eric Bledsoe spot and turned him into Drew Holiday. And I really I I've always loved Drew Holiday's games. So yeah, I think between those two teams, I think the, the Bucks will go further. Also yeah. because the Clippers have to go through the Lakers, and I don't think the Clippers are going through the Lakers. Okay, there you go. Got yeah. that in. You got that it was in. fun. All right. Yeah. The next one on our the next two teams sitting at the same uh, record is the Phoenix Suns and the Utah Jazz. David, don't listen if you if you uh, if you <laughs> don't want to hear anything bad here about screen assist. But yeah, the, the the Phoenix Suns and the Utah Jazz. Who are you buying between those two teams? These two teams have been pretty close um, so far this season, just both in terms of 3.8 and 3.6 point differentials. Yeah. So same record, you know, they both have some like really good wins in their belt. They have a couple losses. They probably want to forget. I'm buying Phoenix Suns. (laughs) Utah, I think is a team that will sort of put some pieces together. Donovan Mitchell has not been very good to start the season. Like Jamal Murray, those were the two sort Mm -hmm. of breakout stars of the bubble playoffs. And you thought, okay, they're both going to come in. Um, and just be fantastic. And they both had their moments. They both had their games, but they haven't been what, quite what people expect. And I think as the season goes on, they will round into that form. But I just really like Phoenix's roster construction. It's wild to say that we're saying this about the Phoenix Suns, a team that wasn't in the playoffs and a team that traditionally hasn't necessarily had the patience or you know foresight to put a great roster together. But I look at them uh michael bridges is i think one of the one of my favorite players this season absolutely mm-hmm. perfect sort of like i i, I don't even want to call him a role player because i think he's been better than a role player um but he's not like weird tier between role player i mean and like, he's the fourth know. best player on that team so technically i think that would make him a, a role player but he's just been so good um that you know he's up there for up there for me so i i give the edge a little bit to phoenix i i think that they might be the better team <sighs> I think I'm going Utah here just because Phoenix relies so heavily on so many young players. It's just the, yeah. the, there's a lot of youth that they're relying on. And this might be that one year that they all kind of, it takes them collecting themselves and figuring out what it takes to win while I think Utah is better situated for, for postseason play. Uh, last one, I don't want to go below 500, but you have one, two, three teams here sitting at six and six. The Denver Nuggets, the Golden State Warriors, and the San Antonio Spurs are all uh, at 500 so far this year. Uh, I 
can we throw out the Nuggets? Like the Nuggets are too obvious here. This is this is the easiest one you could possibly give me. I think the Nuggets are far and away better, and they're starting. Yeah. The thing with the Nuggets is, if people don't realize this, they go into the bubble last year and they fall down three games to one to the Utah Jazz. Well, what happened in that? They started Michael Porter Jr. basically for the first time all season going into the playoffs, and it was a disaster. They bench him three games into that series, and then they bounce back and they win. You go into this season, you start Michael Porter for the first time, and Denver starts off again one and three. He has to go out for health and safety protocols and Denver has rounded back. Now I'm not saying that that's Michael Porter's fault. What I'm saying is that the Nuggets have to solve how to work Michael Porter because he's so talented. I think he's still leading the NBA in effective field goal percentage. Like he is an incredibly talented scorer. They just have to figure out how to get him to be a piece of, uh, of what they're building. But I think that's going to be a process, but they are far and away better than Golden State and San Antonio. Yeah. Golden so I, State. Go ahead. I was going to ask like, do you think either of Golden State or San Antonio make the postseason this year? It's tough because the Western Conference, you know, because of the 10 teams making it in this year, you mm-hmm. know, I, I would have to really count it and look and see, you know, Memphis is a little bit on the rise, even though they still aren't completely healthy. New Orleans, we expected more out of, you know, so maybe they'll throw their hat in the ring. I'm going to say no. Um, I'm going to say no. Golden State, I think, can be. I mean, Golden State is one of those teams where if you just get some average production out of two or three Oubre. of you know, Pascal, Ubre, who Ubre actually knocked down his shots tonight. So I don't know that, you know, maybe it wasn't like Ubre was, was he, I think he was three of eight from the three point line, which for him, that's well above average what you expect. And it still was non competitive. But San Antonio, to me, they are, San Antonio is a young team. They have a lot of young players and inexperienced players. And, um, I, I just don't know that they're going to be a team that has the the a, enough in the tank to be able to make them one of those top teams. So I'm going to go Denver, Golden State, San Antonio. Yeah, I, I agree on that on that order. If we go point differential, San Antonio significantly better. The Warriors minus four, uh, the Spurs minus one. So a little something there. Yeah, but I think Golden State has had some of those blowouts early that that really yeah. kind of affect that. Absolutely. We're, we're, 12 games in <laughs> we're 12 games in, in their first two games they lose by like 80 points or something combined so yeah. right right um all right that's gonna do it then for that for that game it's a fun one it, and and it's fun to fun. do i think we're gonna be doing it probably a couple times over throughout this season because i there's gonna be some jumbling throughout the year especially in the middle to bottom of these playoff pictures in both conferences so we'll, we'll keep on looking at that over the course of the season Uh, We're going to go to one more break here. When we come back, we are going to talk uh, Adam's power rankings of uh, best isolation scores in the NBA. Uh, But before we even get to that, though, I got to talk to you guys about rejecting the screen. Uh, Go behind the scenes of the game you love and get all sides of the story with the Rejecting the Screen podcast each week. Noah Kozloff and Adam Stanko get personal while interviewing players, coaches, media members, all the people who make the NBA happen, subscribe to the Rejecting the Screen podcast wherever you get podcasts. All right, Adam, what do you look for in an isolation score? Yeah, so this is the power ranking this week. And I'll actually set it up this way. You know, James Harden going to the, the Nets gives you three of the best one-on-one play. It's just, it's such an interesting experiment. I love, I like basketball when you step back and look at the like macro view of it, of we're trying these different forms. 
and them going to Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, allegedly before too long, you go to those three guys and say like, can those guys be guarded one-on-one? No, we well, still got Joe Harris there. You still got other guys that can shoot like, okay, you, you got Landry Shamit. You got guys that can space the floor around guys that can't be guarded one-on-one. Where do you help from? That's the grand experiment. But it got me thinking, do they have the three best one-on-one players in the NBA? Do they actually have one, two, three? And that's what I wanted to think of. If we Mm -hmm. ranked all of the best guys one-on-one, if we were to have a giant tournament, where would they, where would the top, who would the top five guys be? That's what I wanted to do for this power ranking. All right. So how, how, how deep is this list go? So I have four honorable mentions. All right. Who are your four four honorable mentions then? So I've got DeMar DeRozan on, on my list as an honorable mention. I know this is a little crazy. I know some people mm-hmm. are going to laugh at this. Like he, I don't have Anthony Davis on this list. And if you ask me Anthony Davis versus DeRozan, Anthony Davis would win. And this is why I bring it up. I do have to account a little bit for size. Like is Shaquille, O'Neal, is Shaquille O'Neal the greatest? I have to count for it a little bit. Is he the greatest one-on-one player? Is like Joel Embiid the greatest one-on-one player? I'd say no, because one-on-one you can't help from. Like you can't do any of that. So in a game, it, the, maybe the better way to put this would be if you had to play one-on-one within the context of a game. But it had to be one-on-one. Like he, he still had help side that was coming from different places. <laughs> I know it's kind of a tough thought experiment. So that's, that's how I have to put it. DeRozan, he is as good as anyone at getting his shot off. It just happens to usually be a shot at the foul line. <laughs> he's very good at getting a shot. The defenses want to give people. Yeah. yeah he's really so, good, but he's got great footwork. Man. I mean, he's so wait, you don't have AD on this list at all. I do not have Anthony Davis on this list. That's crazy to me. All right. I, who's, your, got, who's your next honorable mention? I have to get Steph Curry is on here. Um, okay. Again, the size limits him a little bit, especially when we talk about one-on-one, there's a defensive component of this and, you know, some of the guys on this list, obviously Kevin Durant's going to be on this list, Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James. Curry doesn't stand a chance guarding those guys. <laughs> as much as I think he can score on most of those guys pretty efficiently, he, it, he's going to get dunked on quite a bit there. Um, the same goes for Bradley Beal, who'd be next, who's, by the way, my God, talk about a guy that is just like in the zone as a scorer. Bradley Beal, man, is Brad, Bradley Beal is one of the most fun players to watch, I think, right now. Where do you sit on the let's get Bradley Beal to a better team conversation? Uh, I mean, sure. I think it makes sense at this point for Washington even to, to you know, to, to try to move on from him. And I, I expect him to the trade discussion around him to, to heat up. Um, I'm never eager to get guys out of markets just because as a guy from one of the markets, people are always trying to plunder from one of the places where we're always trying to go in. I'm trying to send them to your market. Talent. Calm down here. Woe is me. Oh but, my no, God. no, 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 no. I'm saying, MVP. no, I'm being serious about this, Anthony. You know, we've had these discussions. Not I, know, on the I, I don't <laughs> I like, like the I league like where the you. trade, the trade piece is like the, the topping. I just don't like talking about trades nonstop, yeah. nonstop, nonstop, but Bradley Beal, um, look, if he was in the playoffs this year and on a true title contender, I do think it would be a lot of fun to watch it. Maybe a thing that swings a series people don't necessarily anticipate right now. So yeah, uh, he's that good and he's in that zone. And then the last one, I hate to do it because I wanted him to be in the top five, but I don't have him. I have Kyrie Irving, maybe the best handle in the NBA. One of the best off the dribble shooters in the NBA. He's got so many things, best finishers in the NBA. Like he's so tough to guard. We have no idea where he is right now. <laughs> he's tough to guard, but like I have with Curry, like I have with Beal, just a little small. I'm sorry. I have to, I have to account for the fact that I don't know who he's going to guard, but as far as one-on-one players in the, in an actual game, if you have to clear out last shot of a game, 
yeah, he's up there, man. He's he's the way the way I would kind of define this is like who would terrify me the most trying to guard him? And yeah. I, obviously you have like Kevin Durant, seven feet tall. That would just be terrible. But he's on my list. Most ca- who's most capable of embarrassing me? <laughs> Kyrie's Ky- like way up there. Kyrie's up there in terms of like can create so much separation that you feel silly. You're like, oh my God, I guessed really wrong on this play. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely And you have to guess, by the way. Like you can't try to guard him straight it's up. So you true. have to guess. And then there are going to be times where you guess wrong and you're no longer in the picture. Like literally no longer on TV anymore. It's so true. So you're gonna you're gonna hate my list so much, but it's true. Okay. It's absolutely completely true. It's a true list. Number <laughs> objectively true. It's objectively accurate. This <laughs> list. Well, what's funny is we actually can look at like isolation scoring at the NBA, but we're not gonna do that. We're gonna we're gonna try to actually have yeah, because it probably here. has Anthony Davis on the list. It does. That's why I had to not use it. Um. So <laughs> number five for me. I know he's still a punching bag. I know we're still laughing at him. It's Paul George. It's Paul George. I'm sorry. Oh he's, having an, he's having it. He's having it. What no, would he you is. guess? So I'm going to tell you right now that Paul George is taking 8.3 three-pointers per game. What would you guess his three-point percentages on the season? 11 games in. 78%. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> right. It's 51.6% on 8.3 attempts per game. And yeah. then we're talking about a guy. He's been insane. But it's also like it's also December for Paul George. <laughs> well, or this ranking happens. It's a power ranking, Anthony. We're, <laughs> we're, we're power ranking. It means it's recent. We're as of Friday, February 15th. Who is it? So um, uh-huh. he's been he's been absolutely unreal. In fact, he might. if we were just going off of this year, he actually would be ahead of his teammate who's also on this list, but 25 Mm. points. um, And then he's a threat to also make, you know, obviously phenomenal passes, you know, the size. And then we talk about the defense, man. He can also defend. He can also guard anyone. So um, he made it for number five on my list. I feel like saying his name, I actually feel like I should have had him higher. I should have had him higher. Hmm. All right. So who's next on your list? I have Kawhi Leonard. And that's what I mean. I would, if I, could redo this. I'd almost swap those guys again. Power ranking January 15th, what's happening right now. But Kawhi Leonard obviously has proven it on a higher stage against tougher talent and, and, and all of those different things. So, um, you know, he belongs on here. He's not shooting 50%. He's not taking eight threes per game, but uh, he is scoring 25 points per game. It's remarkable how similar their statistics are <laughs> five rebounds, six assists, <laughs> almost identical to Paul George's, um, just on a lower efficiency. But, you know, again, there's very few players that can guard LeBron James. He's one of them. Yeah, the Kawhi thing, he's so strong. So strong. He's just it's it's unfair how strong he is in terms of frame, but then also he has those giant hands that are also super strong and like anybody who has played against an old person getting just stripped time after time after time after time just has to suck and I can't imagine playing against Kawhi Leonard is all that much fun because every time you you raise the ball uh, above your waist, it's getting stripped every single time. I forgot my actual number one honorable mention guy, by the way. I feel okay. bad because we have to go back, but it's Luka. <laughs> Luka Doncic. <laughs> I forgot. He's not on my list. You can't, you can't put him on this list if defense is being taken in, in, into account here at all. He's big like, enough. He it's one-on-one. It's big enough. He can do anybody. it. He can do it. He can do it. He, can, he do can barely stay in front of his own shadow. This is like, not true. On. This is terrible. All right, number three on my list. Number three on my list is LeBron. Okay. I have him number three. Again, okay. You were talking about best players. I still think he's the best player in the NBA, but we're calling, talking about isolation scoring, and I still think there are ways to make LeBron semi-uncomfortable. Not very <laughs> uncomfortable, just just semi, you know? 
Like yeah, the windows I, down a little too much. Can you turn it, you know, the volume <laughs> on the, the, the speakers a little high. Can you turn it down? Like that level of discomfort. The soup's a little warm. I just need to let it sit a little bit. Exactly. Got to blow on it just for a second. Like, okay, now it's good. Exactly. Yeah. I think, I think with, with LeBron, his defense, especially on the ball this year has been insane. I think he's in terms of, and and I think this is a flawed stat anyway, but in terms of uh, when he's the only person guarding somebody one-on-one, he is giving up the best percentage. Like he, it's the yeah. lower percent, lowest percentage in the league. Yeah, and he can foul every time too. if he wants. It's pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole new set of rules. We're, we're, yeah. We are at uh, what one thirty your time. Spicy Adams coming out. <laughs> All right. Who's number two? Uh, well, I want to say one point about LeBron. I'm. It's official. It's, it's official he's playing for 10 more years. Like I, I, we, we talked about this two years ago about, Hey, the clock's ticking, man. It's one injury and still like injuries can change everything. But yeah. this is what I'm talking about, about reset. Tom Brady's 43s, you know, in playoffs, like the age is not what we thought it was. It's not what yeah. it was. Age is not what it was 20 years ago for the wealthiest and most well-conditioned and disciplined athletes on earth. Those guys are going to play till they're 55. Sad. And smartest. Like and it's smartest. Yeah, yeah. pointed out like, like sure. how smart LeBron is. Of course. Um, number two on my list is James Harden. I don't know, think that this comes as two. I think the top two are not too much of a surprise. James Harden, I think there'd be people that would argue for number one. Um, at his best, he's he's Speaking pretty unguardable. Rules or whatever, but, but sure. he's strong. He's strong, you know, but also just offensively, like he's just incredible. Um, and by the way, we're doing regular season officiating, so he, he's going to get a lot of a lot, draw a lot of fouls here. <laughs> oh, my but, God. Oh, my God. I just pictured playing against somebody who, like, tried to play like James Harden in a one-on-one game where they would try to rip through, (laughs) you know, one-on-one game, and I would just want to fight this person. (laughs) But James Harden is one of the greatest shooters we've ever – it's funny how much we talk about all of his different skills, and it's like, yeah, we have Steph, we got some of these other guys, but James Harden's up there on a very short list of greatest shooters ever, especially if we talk about shooting, not just as – when we talk about shooting so often, we talk about, like, catch and shoot, shoot, like, okay, stand still. But Mm -hmm. James Harden is great at every type of shot there is yeah floaters step backs mid-range pull-ups step but you know everything he can do so um he's number two you want to guess yeah. who number one is um also also like we have to say this nowadays with james harden but like an underrated one-on-one defender yeah 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 like for he, sure he's like perennially underrated at, at that portion of defending team wide defending he gets lost all the time but in that regard he's very good all right number one who would be number one? If Statistically, Nikola... it's Nikola Jokic, but oh you know my what? God. I had <laughs> to not. I had to not keep him on. He's he's honorable, honorable mention on my list. He's honorable, honorable mention. No, number one is like non-controversial. I know people might want to say James Harden. They might want to say LeBron oh, James. No, no. I'm sorry, Kevin Durant. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's Kevin. This is, this is the Kevin objectively Durant. right. Yeah, and I'm telling you, yeah, that's what I mean. This is I. I will not hear, hear arguments for it, it, anybody against it. Kevin Durant. <laughs> we talk about aging. Coming back from this injury and you thought, okay, maybe he's going to be 90. What's 90% of Kevin? I'm sorry. He's 110% of Kevin Durant. <laughs> and here's the one thing about him getting James Harden. And I don't want this to be misinterpreted. I think people – I want to make it clear. This is by no means a complaint about Kevin Durant or trying to diminish him. Watching him this last week without Kyrie Irving and obviously before James Harden, loved what I saw. As yeah. impressed with him as I've ever been over a three-game regular season stretch. The Good passing, Lord. the setting the table, the control of the game, and then just the ability to say, 
it's scoring time. I'm just going to mm-hmm. score the final 15 <laughs> points of this game. And guess what? You can throw everybody at me because it doesn't matter. I mean, he's pulling up for threes with two people in his face from up five feet behind the line. The guy is so unguardable right now and in his zone. I worry that it, it's obviously, I think, going to be better for them to have more of these weapons and in the playoffs. But mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie, man. He came into the league base, you know, his second year, he gets Russell Westbrook and he played a line and James Harden. He's played along a second guy. He went Steph Curry played along a second guy. Usually we get a superstar that doesn't have enough help and they put up all the number. We see that. And then they get the help and we don't get to see all of it, but they win championships. Katie's hasn't been that way. And I got to say, I wish we got one season of him just this year, just with a bunch of high level role players, Karis LeVert, Joe Harris, those type, Jared Allen. I wish we had one season of that where it's like, you know what? Those guys can hold their own as role players, but KD's got to do all the heavy lifting because he's very capable of doing all of the heavy lifting. What that's called is an MVP season. Like, (laughs) well, he's had those. I I mean, he's had those, but even he he had that alongside somebody like he, he never, this is, this is by no means talking about him not being great. I'm just saying like there were games where Russell Westbrook had it going and he just didn't need it. I want the yeah. season where he needs it every year. I want the Michael Jordan 88 season where it's like, all right, can Katie average 35 a game? Yes, I think he can. I think he can average 35 a game. He, he like, could do 40. <laughs> if, if, he's he, just, if he just focused on scoring, he could right. easily do 40. And you probably wouldn't win a championship that way. I, I, you, you know, that's not the way the path to victory, you know, when we talk about the highest levels, but um, you know, just watching him, man, I just, that guy, uh, just watching him this last week was one of the joys of this season so far. I I kind of arrived at this place earlier today and I wanted to run it by you. I think he might retire one of the most underrated players in NBA history. He's had that. He's had a, an interesting career today, but here's the one thing I want to say about that. We did this with LeBron and I learned my lesson with it with LeBron. We started talking about his legacy back in 2008, yeah, 2009. And there was no way back then in 2008, we could have been like, guess what? 2020, he's still going to be the MVP. <laughs> like KD, you're right. He's had a weird career, but guess what? Are we sure he's not going to be playing another 10 years? I mean, maybe, maybe not. I don't know, but he might have 10 more years of MVP caliber basketball in him. I just, everything's off right now with the well, ages. Because I was I was just kind of thinking about this. If you were to poll, you know, the consensus NBA fan, right? The casual NBA Shaq and all the fel- his fellow casual NBA fans, who's the best three small forwards? Yeah. Uh, in what order specifically, right? It would mm-hmm. be LeBron. And yeah. then I'd be curious if people would go Bird and then Durant right. or Durant and then Bird. To me, it's very easily Durant. Like he's just he's just that good. Hmm. Um, and, and that's right now, we don't know what his career might look like seven years from now. That was, that's the knock on bird is that he didn't have that, that, that longevity. longevity, Yeah. I mean, those comparisons to me are the death of joy. I mean, we're talking about guys that are at this point are separated by 30, 30, literally 30 years from now to when bird retired. But so I, I, and I'm not faulting you for bringing it up, but I do think that watching Kevin Durant and it's it's funny because he went down with that injury I mean Golden State wins another title that year but not just that go back and look at his numbers in that playoff run before he, he got was hurt unbelievable unbelievable just yeah. dismantling a very good Clippers defensive team he dismantled that team so hard that they went to the podium and were like yeah that guy we can't guard him. like <laughs> we are the most prideful people on earth and we can't guard yeah. that dude and he was just at the top of his game and to see him bounce back now and I'm watching him and I'm going I'm not sure this isn't the best version of him we've ever seen and that's that's exciting scary but exciting yeah, he might even be better next year, a full other right. year removed from that Achilles tear. Yeah. It's an interesting list. I 
I gotta say, man, I would have had AD on here somewhere, at least in the honorable mentions. Yeah, you, you wouldn't have had, you didn't, you wouldn't have had him when he was in New Orleans not doing this, but you know what? You give him <laughs> LeBron James, and he's the greatest, yeah, the greatest everything. <laughs> he's capable of defending all of the people on this list. Oh. And and can score on mm-hmm. everybody on this list. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I, mm-hmm. I I don't know. He's how, not DeRozan, bro. Come on. <laughs> 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 All right, the list wasn't perfect. It wasn't perfect, but the top five was perfect. The top five is perfect. All right, that's gonna do it for this episode and this week's episode of the Locked On NBA podcast. Make sure you guys are tuned in, not just across this feed, but across the entire, not even NBA feed, by the way. You have hockey underway now. Baseball is 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 getting ready to start up. It's uh spring spring league. Uh you have NFL. Is it called spring league? Is that what they call it? I think so. I'm is spring right training? Now. Is it spring training? There tra- it is. There is it is. Spring, spring league. Yeah. If you guys want to check yeah. out all of spring league. <laughs> Dude, like I said, it is now 2.40 in my time. Uh, So, so yeah, make sure you guys are checking out all of the shows across the entire Locked On Podcast Network for the best coverage from your local experts. Uh, Until next Friday, this is Adam and me saying Adam is never allowed to talk about isolation scores ever again.